Hey guys, uh, welcome back to the second episode of 504 Proud. We made it. <laughs> I'm uh, Scott Schluter. I'm Andrew Rumor, <laughs> and we want to thank all 10 of you for coming back. <laughs> or maybe 30 now. <laughs> no, I think that's a, it's a lot more. Yeah, than that. I mean, yeah. you know, it keeps growing just like the group's growing. You know? Yeah. We, we, we're glad to see people taking interest in the 504 area, you know. Yeah. yeah. She told me that. I mean, um, but, uh, <laughs> did she? I don't want to know. That's a different podcast. <laughs> but uh, you know, um, just a lot of good things are, are happening in this area. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, the one good thing about this podcast is I'm really seeing and really getting to meet uh, a lot of uh, great people, business owners. Uh, not even business owners, just uh, people that people reside. In general, yeah, yeah, people that reside in yeah. the in the city. Um, been talking to them, and uh, even looking at our you know Facebook page. You know, people are you know advertising and you know asking um, questions, asking questions, giving recommendations. Yes. Share. Yes. We ask people to share. Yes, and um, it's good to know people. You know, and the good thing about this is is the culture and. Uh, they're really building here, and then also too on the flip side, you also have uh, a lot of films that are being done here oh, yeah. now. Yeah, um, coming back. Yes, full strength. Uh, yeah, full strength. Uh, I believe they're filming uh, right now. Lisa Frankenstein. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's about a girl. I'm pretty sure it's going to be like a horror comedy oh. uh, about a a woman that I can't wait. <laughs> about a woman that figures that she can bring back. Uh, a guy that's dead by uh-huh. using a broken um, tanning bed. So, yeah. So, right. Interesting. It's different. Who yeah. would have thought of it? Yes. Next and time. then uh, uh, the carry-on is going to be starting uh, October 12th. And uh, guess what? Jason Bateman, you know, from uh, Ozark will be down. Oh, nice. Bateman. We'll, yeah, he will be down here in the, um, in the NOLA area. Seems like a likable film. dude, you know? Yeah. Uh, filming at the airport, a lot of scenes uh, from what I'm seeing, you know, that'll be filmed at the airport. So yeah, very nice, yeah, very nice. yeah. But uh, speaking of interesting people, yeah, guy, uh, my guy, that's part of this podcast. <laughs> we like to meet new people. Now, and businesses. This, now it's not bu- this is not business. Okay. But, um, they had um, a young lady. Uh, yeah. Her name's uh, Tori Lynn Register, and uh, she is a film student. Okay. Uh, just got a full ride to UNL. Nice. For film. Oh, well, damn. Yeah. I'm jealous. Yeah. <laughs> I wish. Did you get a full ride? No, I did not. No, you did? I had tops and I lost it. <laughs> you, you were doing bad in school. Were Maybe. You part, were you partying? I wasn't good in English, can you tell? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, you know, I speak English and then, you know, I'm, I am bilingual, you know that? Oh, yeah? Yeah, I speak pig Latin. Uh, but, um... <laughs> And, yeah. and other bad uh, English. <laughs> other bad words, you know. <laughs> so, um, guys, uh, I'm going to turn this over to the interview. All right, guys. Uh, today, I have a wonderful special guest. Uh, her name's uh, Tori Register, and she resides in Kenner. And uh, she just graduated high school and has a full ride, guys, full ride to UNO and film school. Welcome, Miss Tori. How are you? Doing good. Thank you for having me on. It's an honor. <laughs> oh my God. So uh, you're you're in your first um, uh, semester of uh, school? Yeah, I'm in my first semester. 
Yes, I am. It's been it's been amazing so far. I'm really loving it at UNO. Awesome, awesome deal, guys. I met uh, uh, Tori uh, about a year ago. She was uh, still in high school, and um, she actually uh, kind of like applied for an internship. It's on um, uh, as a PA on a short film that we did um, called <laughs> One Night Stand, uh, A Morning After Tale. And, um, I mean, she came out, she had a ball. How, how was um, that experience for you, um, being on that film? It was amazing. When I say that I've never had the opportunity beforehand, I really mean that I never had the opportunity beforehand. I still think about that experience and I've always wanted to do another thing with you but you know COVID and school it just always gone the way but I had the most amazing time that day <laughs> well that's good I'm glad that he, uh, the experience was uh really good I know we joked around a lot which we always do but uh you know we always you know get the job done um since then uh, the film has been out it's actually on um youtube uh the sdq channel uh remember the the title is one night stand a morning after tale it is a comedy about a man and a woman that wake up in bed after drinking a long night and uh they're like oh my god what do you what did we do um the thing that's unique on this is that they don't ever speak. Uh, it's all voiceovered. And the facial expressions on, <laughs> on there is, I, every time I look at it, I still laugh, you know, just with the uh, facial expressions that they did. But, um, yes, what I'll do is I'll have the uh, film in the descriptions on this podcast. I'll send the link. And if y'all want to go and take a look at it, you know, hey. Uh, give me some comments and uh, tell me, you know, how we did. You know, it's just a little short film. I think it's not even seven minutes long, but it's it's a really short film. I think uh, y'all would um, enjoy it. So, uh, Tori, um, what, uh, how young were you when you really started getting in interested into the uh, film industry? age I had always developed these very odd stories in my head and they had like these really complex characters and worlds I started building but at the age of seven I had this one that started really getting developed in my head and it was unlike all the others and I knew that I wanted a medium to express it in some way but at the time I didn't know what and so I kept wondering and wondering and eventually I discovered the beauty of film and how you can take such a simple idea and create this massive project out of it. And so ever since I've just been like, I want to be in film, I want to do film, I want to take my ideas and put them out into the world, mostly because if I don't, I think my brain will start to combust. <laughs> a lot of times, like uh, me and my, my business partner will have ideas, um, he, he'll, he has a little notepad, he just starts writing things down because... Once it's in there, I mean, it just, um, he can't, he can't remember, you know, he'll think of something and you'd be lying in bed, you know, um, I'm, I'm the same way. Sometimes I'll, I'll, I won't be able to go to sleep. I'll have such a good idea and I'll, I'll start getting things, uh, putting things in my head and reacting it and, and everything. I'll even start talking to myself. I look like an idiot, but you know, <laughs> but I mean, it's just. You know, that's that's the beauty of it. That's how you 
um, be creative, you know, by doing that. So, I mean, the advice I can, I can actually give to you, you think of something, have a notepad, write it down and you'll be able to remember it. And then sooner or later, all that will come together and you may have two or three stories that you might be able to shell out, you know, so yeah look trust me I, I do understand all this trust me it's 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 been like that uh for me the um were you in did they have like a little film program before college like when you were in high school no they didn't have anything of that nature and to be honest the school that I went to didn't promote those kind of things. Really? Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. So it's kind of boring there? Or? <laughs> or? Call it boring. More, uh, maybe traumatizing? Oh, my God. Traumatizing. Um, well, what happened? I mean, what was, what was going on that was tra- traumatizing for you? I, I must not have fit into their social status. I'm assuming because my my experience was one of the hardest things I ever went through. So I've always been in Catholic school. Uh, I was raised Catholic. I've gone to church, it, all, the whole shebang. And wow. middle school was when it really started. Okay. And it just got worse and worse because I just didn't fit in with everyone else. Okay. Okay. So. It was, um, let me ask you this, was there uh, any kind of harassment or bullying going on during that time? Oh, of course. Not to the effect of, you know, I was get, I was being threatened to be punched or, you know, insults were being randomly thrown my way every day, but it was the small things like being ignored in class, uh, being mistreated and sometimes very rude. Like, I'd ask them a question, and they'd be like, Ugh, buddy, why do we want to talk to you? And it was just like I never really understood why I was their target. Hmm. Well, oh. the, thing, the thing of it is, is that sometimes, like, um, were you quiet? Very quiet when you were in high, you know, high school or elementary? Oh. Well, at least you started, you know, speaking up. Um, but uh, you know, I'm sorry that you uh, went through that. I mean, that's that's not really uh, a good experience, you know, to to have is when you're ignored or why or why would they say that they? Why would I talk to you? You know, I mean, it just uh, that's it's it's just rude. So in high school, it was my freshman year, and. This rumor was going around about this girl. She had stuck a brush up her hoo-ha and posted it to Snapchat for some boy, but it got around, and people started watching it and seeing it. And me, I I was was never into the sexual stuff. That just wasn't my my, my cup of tea, my pick of the poison berries. And so I wasn't 
into that. I wasn't like, oh my gosh, you did that. Or I didn't want to give her the attention for it because I didn't, I wasn't interested in it. But she was outcasted by her group. And my quote unquote group of friends took her in because we were already like this misfit outcast type people. And she came in and I thought she would be almost like a little ashamed of it because you know, it did get leaked out. People do know about it. It is something that is private and you wouldn't want people to know about. But she had no shame about it. And, you know, great for her she had no shame. But for me, I, I didn't care. I didn't want to give her that attention for it because, like I said, it's not something I was comfortable with. And I'm assuming she didn't like that I didn't give her that attention because ever since she was the rudest person Anytime I passed her in the hall, she wouldn't speak to me. At the lunch table, she wouldn't speak to me. She ignored me. She was excluding me. She did not like me. And the sad thing is, I barely interacted with her before this. So I don't know where this sudden aggression came from. And it started escalating. And there was this one day at lunch. My group was like a sizable group. It was like eight or so of us. And it was only myself, her, and this girl that I used to that was my childhood friend and we had like gotten disconnected every so often but we were friends again and she showed this picture to my childhood friend of something of another friend so she showed it to the childhood friend and then she turned the computer back to herself of the picture and refused to show me and at that moment something in me just just totally snapped i was over it I had done this whole dance song routine before I was done. And so I told her, I don't know what your issue with me is, but I have done nothing to you, and I don't deserve to be treated like this. So thank you, I'm going to leave. And that day, I went into the art building of my school, and I went to the teachers, and I was shaking. I had never confronted someone on that level before. So I was shaking, I was quivering, and my teachers had to calm me down. And I couldn't, I couldn't stand being around that girl anymore because she was just so rude and I couldn't take the constant, like, mental duration. So I started eating in the bathroom and eating in the art room with those teachers. And that's when my quote-unquote friend group showed their true colors because no one cared. No one texted me. No one called me. My childhood best friend said nothing to me. No one cared that I had just mysteriously disappeared or left the group. Um, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to get emotional. It's all right. Um, it's all right. So it got to this point where I started finding out that one of the girls in the group, and I considered her really close. I mean, she was at my house almost every weekend for a sleepover. I found out that she had been lying about me and saying these really awful things. And most of all, that I was going to call the cops on her mom for child endangerment. And it really opened my eyes to just how terrible of friends they were and how they all kept using me. And it was almost as if they wanted a friend, but they didn't want to be a friend. And it was a really harsh reality that I had to deal with through my sophomore year. And that's when COVID hit. And at first I was like, I don't want to be an online 
my school. This is going to suck. I'm going to, because I was on honor roll, and I knew I was going to fail because I had never been in an online environment. I was more of a, you know, I have to look at a teacher, listen to them teach to understand. And so I thought, I'm going to fail. This is going to suck. And when you talk to people, they say, you know, COVID was the worst thing that ever happened in their life. For me, COVID was the best thing that's ever happened in my life because it was this release of the hatred, the the out being outcasted. It was the best thing that could have ever happened at that moment. And I did well, you know, still got on a roll. Um, but the, the school year ended, and a week into summer, I had a mental breakdown. And I really thought that I was going to end it all that summer because I, I couldn't take it anymore. That, that school had just ruined me. I was done. I, w- I was ready to die. Um, and so my mom and my mama had to intervene. And I started going to therapy. And my mom was like, you know, you, you don't have to go back. And I was like, but where else am I going to go? So we started looking into options. And... My godfather actually used to work at that school, and he also left because of the mistreatment on his part. And we told, we, he knew about my mental breakdown, and he said, you know, there's this girl that used to go there, and she's going to this school now, and she says she loves it. So we looked into it, and it was an online school. And I'd spend my junior and senior year there, and so... My mom called the school and talked to the principal because the principal knew everything. The principal knew, the staff knew, they did nothing. They knew. They even knew I was eating in the bathroom by myself. They knew of the mistreatment. They knew of it all. And they did nothing because I just, I guess I just didn't fit into their status quo. Or maybe because, you know, I wasn't one of those rich families who was willing to begging kids at their feet and all that Um so then my mom called the principal. She said, look, she's done. She can't do it anymore. And the principal was willing to give me a full ride there for the last two years. I didn't have to pay any tuition. And they would try to deal with the situation because I was, I believe, from what I've heard, I was supposed to be in the running for valedictorian. Like, that's how high my grades were. I was earning them the money for it with all their statuses and, and stuff. Uh and she was like, you know, you know, free tuition, we really want her here, we'll do our best. And my mom said, okay, I'm going to talk to her. And my mom said, look, it's your decision whether you want to stay or not. Uh, it's up. She, she said, it's up to you. And I remember in that moment, I stood there right in front of her, and I said, I- I'm not going back. I can't go back. And she said, okay. And from there, I enrolled at the online school. University View Academy, and it was the greatest educational experience that I've ever had in my life. It was fully online, but they offered dual enrollment, and so I fully earned my associate's degree through them. I became salutatorian out of 300 and something kids. I got to even give a speech at graduation, which was amazing, and I cried, and I got a little bit of a standing ovation up to my own. (laughs) Wow, that is awesome. That is awesome. So you basically, you know, you you overcame um, 
all this. And I mean, and I mean, look at you, look at you now, you know, I mean, um, but I, I, you know, Tori, I got to tell you, you know, sometimes people are, are like that. Uh, mostly, I'm saying sometimes, but a lot of times people are like that because they're miserable with themselves. You know, uh, if you have to take a brush and put it up a private part, you're, you're really, really screaming for attention. You know, even if you have to send that to a picture to, you know, to a, a boy, you know, instead of it just going to speak to a boy, you have to go and put a, you know, a brush up that, uh, up the, uh, that, that's, yeah, that's mind boggling why somebody would actually do that. Um, Yes, yes, and the, and the thing of it is, you know, to I'll tell you something uh, about me when I when I was coming up elementary, uh, junior high, high school, I didn't really get this, and and I'm getting ready to surprise you here, okay? Um, I didn't really get too much of of harassment. There was picking on uh, when I was in high school. That they had a little racial tendencies, you know, between groups. I, and it's something that I've never really ever been involved in. Um, I, I can care less about somebody's uh, race or anything like that. Here's where I'm going to surprise you on. Because um, my background, I've been in food uh, almost my entire life. Uh, 15 years of that, uh, I was in law enforcement. And I, I was a... Um, uh, I was not a civilian, you know, and my last three and a half years of law enforcement, I was a kitchen supervisor for a correctional facility. And, um, after 15 years, when I, when I hung that up, now, mind you, through all that, I'm also doing films on the side. So uh, I've had a lot of hard work that I've had to do <laughs> while <laughs> doing these, uh, doing these things. But when I got out of uh, law enforcement and really started hitting films, you always, when you're in films, sometimes you're just going to have that gap where you don't have any work for a little while. Uh, especially like when you reach right around the December area, you may not have anything for a good month, month and a half. So you need to have that job to fill that gap. So you don't, basically you don't go broke. And uh, there were jobs that I've taken on, and at a very older age, I'm in I'm in my mid forties. Um, there were harassments and uh, picking and a little bit of the bullying, and mind you, I'm coming out of a job that I'm not a civilian, and I'm trying to get used to having a civilian job, and. There was one job that I had, the supervisor was an ex-state uh, trooper. And for some reason or another, she was like the girl in your, in your class that took the brush and stuck it up the hoo-ha. Because she was really, really offended that I never asked her questions or shared stories about my police and her state trooper deal. So she thought everything was fishy. Um, 
thought my resume was fishy and really started with the harassments on oh, me my gosh. and the, the picking and the put downs and little simple things, why I didn't put the sauce over here to where it's, or why I didn't put this here, um, just really, really having it in out on me, you know, and I was just like, you know, and I'm, as I said, I'm still trying to tradition, you know, be, get into that civilian world. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, you really don't even know me. <laughs> I mean, you don't know how I used to handle myself when I was in law enforcement. I would not let anybody talk to me just any kind of way. But you can't do that kind of stuff when you're in a civilian job. So um, I had it kind of rough for a couple of years, taking on jobs when I wasn't doing film because of this. Now, the good thing about it is uh, you surpassed it. You're going to have this in the future. It's going to be in films. It's going to be in any other jobs that you select. You're going to have this. And the thing that I've done in my life now, I'm professional. I am stern. And the first time somebody ever comes to me and is it goes the, you know, trying to be sideways towards me or try to bully me, you handle it right there. Do not let it happen quite a few times and think it's going to go away. If you have to get with a supervisor, you have to get with human resources, you nip it in the bud right there. Because what happens is you just get yourself to the point where you get like stressed out, anxiety, emotion, and you, you're ready to explode and you start cursing people. Hey, you know, now two wrongs don't make a right. If you, if you understand what I'm saying to you. But, I mean, I surpassed it. You've surpassed it. And look where you're at now. So, I mean, I, I just have to say, congratulations. You got through it. You have a full ride at UNO. You, you are doing it. And um, you just keep up the good work. And I believe that things, great things, will, will come to you. Um as long as you apply a lot of hard work for a long period of time. Persistence is the key, especially in the film industry, and it will, you will be noticed. I guarantee you, you will be noticed. So you just... There is hoping. <laughs> no, you, you, will, you will be noticed. And uh, right now, I applaud you for... Um, for all the hard work that you're doing, and I want you to just make sure that you keep it up. I really do. I really applaud you. Thank you. <laughs> My pleasure, hon. Okay, well, um, this is going to uh, wrap it up on uh, with Miss uh, Tori Register. I want to also thank you again for being on the show and uh my pleasure it was good to hear your story and i'm you know i believe that this could could motivate other people um to to make sure that they could no bullying you know it's just that's just the bottom line on it so i'm hoping it'll change soon because (laughs) i hate for another kid to have to go through what i went through it's it's not fun Mm -hmm. wow that was a very Interesting story. Yes. Yes. Uh, I mean, 
you know, you, you know, somebody that's just trying to go there, get an education. Yeah. And um, you have to put up with that. But I mean, it's just it's ridiculous. Still now, you know, as it, they say, it's still, still happening in 2022. Yes, yes, it is. Yes, yes, it, it is. is. Big time. And I mean, she, you know, she overcome, you know, overcame that. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's just, mm. and that, that's just amazing. Ridiculous. You know, that she uh, is continuing going on. She loves films. And, um, you will see her in uh, other films um, that we get to do. Yes, that we get to do. Um, so, yes. So, uh, speaking speaking also too, I think you, Andrew, you had some information about some things going on. Well, yes. coming up since in we're the getting, NOLA area. Yes, so. since we're getting close to Halloween, uh, the haunted houses are starting up, and uh, we like to uh, shout out who we can and the ones that we're shouting out this week for this episode are the Mortuary which I didn't know this, is making its 150th anniversary, and they're starting up on the 30th, and then you have the New Orleans Nightmare Haunted House, which I don't know if that's a new one or like a revamped one that's been around, yeah. but that it's started already, but people go check it out. I love Haunted Houses. Go check them out. Comment. Respond. So the, uh, Let us yeah, know what's I going. remember seeing the... Um the, the nightmare. The nightmare. Yeah. That's on the uh, five hundred four. We did post that in the five hundred four uh, proud um, group. Uh, Facebook group. Yeah. So um, I think we'll we'll go ahead and repost it. You know, and yeah. make sure that everybody yeah, gets people to check see it out, it, see know. what's going on. Yeah. So um, well, that that concludes the uh, the second episode of the five hundred four. Yes, proud podcast. We made this. We'll keep this thing going <laughs> until y'all cancel us. Don't cancel us. No, we do. We want everybody to also be entertained, so yes. uh, that's why we're doing this. So. Entertain and you know, hey, comment, share, you know, like us, yeah. and let us know if you want us to get a shout out. You know, your business, your event, your your uncle Jim. We'll shout him out. <laughs> we don't care. And Aunt Jane. Aunt Jane, for yeah, sure, yeah, both yeah. of them. Okay, cool, cool. Thanks everyone for sticking around and listening yeah. to us. Yeah, thank you, and. Um, that concludes everything for the 504. Till next time, right? Yeah, till next time. And uh, just remember, you know, be 504 proud. 504 proud. All right, guys. Later. Later.